Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast. I'm Eric, the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find my work at ETOF21 Sports on TikTok, Instagram, and yes, the TikTok, which I am loving. Plus, my horse racing you can find at ETOF21 Sports underscore horse underscore racing. On Instagram, a reminder that all my plays will be posted free until June 1st. How's everyone doing today? Have you guys ever experienced COVID brain yet? I had my first taste of it this morning. So as you guys know, if you follow me, I post pics about me working out like you guys really care, but I do it anyway. So I always start my day. I do a little DDP yoga, which if you guys are looking for a home workout is great. You know, you can go on ddpyoga.com and you sign up, you get seven days free, try it out. Phenomenal workout. I suggest if you guys like to work out and can do stuff from home, you don't have the home gym. I mean, definitely do it. It's great. So I do that, and then I like to run. So the path I normally run on, because it's been pouring in Chicago the last couple days, is flooded because it's right next to the Des Plaines River. So I decide to go this other way. So I start running. I see this path. I go down this path. And when I run, that's when I kind of process my ideas for, like, what I want to do for the week, what I want to post, and kind of, like, what I'm thinking. So, I mean, it's kind of my me time when I can do all my thinking and not have to deal with all the BS that goes on during the day and people want to talk to me, whatever. So I'm doing that. I'm thinking about some stuff. And then I look up and I'm like, shit, where the hell am I? I ran and I got lost. So I literally had no idea where the F I was. I walked around for a little bit, tried to get some bearings. And I had to break out my phone and use the Waze app to figure out where the hell I was. I felt like such a moron. And I mean, I had read a while too because I don't really look at my my Fitbit when I'm running. I just kind of run. And like I said, I have a path. I run it. I come back and boom. It's like four miles, a four-mile loop, but I went a different way. And yeah, I was out there. So it took me a little while to get back to the old place today. So I'm a little bit behind schedule. But hey, stuff happens. feel like a little bit of a dumbass, but you know, happens to the best of us. Well, also letting you guys know that I'm starting to post my year-to-date spreadsheets. Yeah, I talked about spreadsheets on Saturday. I'm starting to post those on the site, etof21sports. So you can find all that stuff there for the sports, I bet, detailed, tracking, horse racing, the whole nine yards. All that stuff is going to be up. That's my kind of goal this week to put that all up on the etof21sports.com site. Also, I mean, every gambler has one of these, one of those weekends where it's just like, you just have to smile. Saturday night, three bad decisions, which the guy or female I was betting clearly won the fight, but UFC corrupt judging, what can you do? Which is going to be one of my talking points later I'll get into. Jimmy Johnson doing well in the race and then having one of the worst crashes I've ever seen in my history of betting and playing DFS NASCAR, betting NASCAR, watching NASCAR, losing a 42 to one shot in a photo at Churchill Downs. Just one of those weeks as a gambler, man. You know, we've all been there when we bet and just have the smile, grin and bear it and, you know, put your head down, do the work, get ready for the next one. And that's what I'll do. And you know, long-term results is what it's all about. So let's jump into today's topics. The first thing we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about the last dance. 
the last two episodes of The Last Dance were yesterday. Sadly, it's over. The Last Dance gave us something to look forward to every week for two hours in our life. And with what's going on in the world, that was important. It gave us an escape of the pandemic and just the uncertainty that we're all living in. So I really liked it. I thought it was great. Last night's episodes, the first thing that stuck out to me was Dennis Rodman after Game 3 leave Chicago, WCW has a private plane for him, pays him a quarter of a million dollars, flies him down to Nitro, which was kind of the equivalent of what Monday Night Raw is right now, joins the NWO, parties with the NWO, attacks Diamond Dallas Page, gets flown back to Chicago, plays a huge part in Game 3, hits three throws to win the game, and then he gets to go home with Carmen Electra. And let's face it, it's Rodman. He sleeps with Carmen Electra. If that's not the best 48 hours that a human has ever lived, I have no idea what is. You played in an NBA championship game. Vital Park won the game for your team. Were on a pro wrestling show with Hulk Hogan, having a vital part. And then probably the hottest girl in that era, Carmen Electra, you went home with and took her to the boneyard. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. Rodman just just living. Just living the life, dude. And now let's think about it from the jazz point of view. For a whole year, you've been getting ready for this. Ready to challenge them. Ready to challenge the Bulls. You're pumped. You think you can win. And then you have Dennis Rodman, who's the third best player on the Bulls. And just says, F it. Leaves middle of the finals, goes down to wrestle on WCW. If that's not the biggest, yeah, I'm not that worried about you as an opponent. I don't know what is. I mean, that's just like, eh, we'll win anyway. I'm really not that worried. They're not going to push us. I mean, just think about just think about that. Let's say you're playing somebody in a game, and they're just like, oh, I'm just going to fly down to Atlanta, do this, do wrestling, come back, I'll beat you anyway. I mean, God, that's got to be demoralizing to have your opponent think that little of you. And the second biggest takeaway was Reggie Miller saying if they would have won the jump ball being up three with six minutes left, they would have won that game. What the hell are you thinking, dude, winning that game seven like that? You got the goat on the other side of the court, and you think winning some jump ball is going to win you the game with six minutes left? With six minutes left? What are you talking about, dude? And what weed are you smoking? Because you got to share that shit, man. I mean, I get it as an athlete, you have a high self-esteem, a high thoughts about yourself, and oh, if this would have, little thing would have happened to you, I understand that. I, I used to be a pretty good athlete way back in the day, too, and, you know, if I didn't get hurt, that probably would have been me in the NBA, but to think that, come on, dude, like, get a grip on reality. And then you hear Costas when he hits that three, oh, Reggie Miller, one of the best clutch playoff performers in the NBA. Dude, what? 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 Miller did nothing. I mean, he's a good shooter, but Eastern Conference Finals, he never he never made one final. Never. So Reggie Miller was not as good as they made him out to be. I mean, that was for sure. Also, let me talk about Carl Malone for a little bit. 
I'm seeing people, oh, what a great guy. What a classy guy. Carl Malone, you know, goes on the bus, shakes hands. Okay, Carl Malone didn't have one, didn't have two. He had three kids via a fair out of wedlock. Okay, and then one of the women he got pregnant, oh yeah, she was 13 at the time. And he will have nothing to do with that kid. So all you people saying, oh, Carmelo's such a great guy, world-class guy, nothing but class. Um, he knocked up a 13-year-old. Carmelo, in my eyes, is a piece of fucking shit. He knocked up a 13-year-old and will have zero to do with that person's life, even though that person has tried numerous times to reach out with him. So this whole Carmelo's a saint shit and nothing but class, let's get our heads out of our asses and understand the situation, understand what a real piece of shit that guy is. Because that guy's a huge piece of shit. To knock up a 13-year-old, come on. Use your facts. Do some research on the guy. Be educated. Don't just take the narrative that was shoved down your throat. After the last dance, I can say I actually respect Michael Jordan more. It is rare when a documentary or movie comes out with that much hype that it actually lives up to the hype. And in my eyes, it surpassed the hype. It was great. And MJ was saying, like, oh, people are going to hate me after this. No, 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 Michael, people respect you more. People like you more. To open up, like, the way you did, to show some emotion, to show you how difficult it was for people, quote, unquote, not liking you, to t- say the stuff about your dad, people saw you in a different light. And when people see you like that and they see you open up when you're a public figure like that, like the way he did, and they become more human... People like you and people respect you. Me being from Michigan, I hated him, but you know what? I actually like him now. I I respect him a lot more, which as a Pistons fan is is hard for me to say. And also Jerry Krause, they came out like he you know, he passed away a couple years ago. He he did have some memoirs about the team and how it ended and everything. I don't think the full thing has been released yet. But it's going to be interesting to see his take because everyone knows there's three sides to every story. Side A, side B, and though it really happened. So I'm going to be interested to see, to read those and see what old Jerry has to say about it. All right. So now let's jump into the UFC. The sporting world was on the UFC for the past eight days as it gave us three cards and I'm not going to lie, Saturday had some of the worst judging I have ever seen in all my years of watching UFC. It was to the point it was embarrassing. Angela Hill got robbed against Claudia Gallega. Hill clearly lost the first round. No argument about that. She got destroyed. But the second round, she knocked Claudia down. And she outstruck her 37-29. In the third round... She outstruck her 43 to 34, controlled the middle of the ring, wasn't pressured, wasn't taken to the ground, no takedowns, nothing. How the hell did she lose one of those two rounds? How? You can't tell me. You watch that fight and you tell me that Hill lost two rounds. In what, in what fucking world did Hill lose two rounds? I mean, that was truly embarrassing. And I have, like, one of my friends who doesn't really watch UFC, but he's into sports, and he sent me a text message. He says, does this happen to people a lot? Do people who clearly win a fight get screwed over because these judges? And I had to tell him, yeah. I mean, it's to the point now. This is 
could ruin UFC. And you get Dana White, who is like, well, don't don't put it in the hands of the judges. You know, I mean, anything can happen. Dana, screw you, buddy. It's your product, and you got to fix it because it's looking like shit right now. And you're on ESPN. Your viewership's going to be high because people are craving sports. And in the co-main event, the third fight of the night where a judge, where a fighter, excuse me, a fighter gets screwed because of the judging and you're not doing shit, get off your fucking high horse and fix your fucking product, dude. Because that was embarrassing what happened on Saturday night. The s- second fight of the night where the judges totally got wrong was Barboza. Barboza clearly won that fight 29-28 at worst. In fact, I'm closer to scoring at 30-27 Barbosa than 29-29 for Inge. The only round you can argue that Inge won was the second round. But Barbosa did more, and he put more strikes in to close it, and he did a lot of damage in the second round. In the third round, Barbosa controlled it as well. For him to drop that much weight, get down to 145, which is tough for him to do, and then to, for the judges to do that, I would I would say, screw, screw it, I'm out. I would do something else. But that's just the type of person I am. For To put in that much work, to go through a camp, to do the weight cut in this COVID-19 world, and then to have three judges go out there and screw you, that's just bullshit, dude. That is, I, w- I would seriously screw it. I would fight for another promotion or the life of the fighter can't be that great. I, you know, and he's getting up there. I, I, I would say screw it. I would I, If I was Barbosa, I would say screw it. I would give Dana White the middle finger and say screw it. And then the first screw job of the night was Varun. I mean, I had the fight 29-28 him. Well-respected me- media members had him winning the fight 30-27. 30-27. Then to have him lose the fight? I mean, come on. What are these judges watching? I mean, go back, watch that fight with no sound on it. Just watch the fight with no sound. And use your eyes and tell me who won that fight. That's it. That's all I ask. Go back, watch the fight, no sound. Tell me who won the fight. It's clear. Verone won that fight. He did more. He pushed forward more. He got more strikes. He had more takedown attempts. He converted more takedown attempts, and he was in control of the fight. So you're telling me more strikes landed, more takedowns, more in control on the ground, and you lose the fight. Look at the stats, and you lose the fight, having controlling those three cut stuff. Come on. I mean, the UFC needs a, needs a star from China. China is a huge market, and you're telling me that that isn't corrupt? You're telling me Dana wasn't like, hey, let's hook this up. There are certain stars that won't lose if it goes to judges. Conor McGregor is one of them. He can get his ass kicked, and if it goes to the judges, he's going to win. George St. Pierre, back in the day, if it goes to the judges, he's going to win because they're the cash cows. And that's, unfortunately, I think that's what's going to ha- happening right now with um, Yadong, that Dana sees him as a cash cow because the China market is so important to them. So if you don't think I'm being biased, go on Twitter. Look what professional fighters are saying and how they feel. Those three fighters I just mentioned got screwed. Go to ESPN, look at their media members. Go to any media member and look at them. This isn't just me being upset because I lost three bets and I got I 
that I should have but one one. This this is three people that numerous people feel they won the fight and they lost. And this is going to be a huge, huge problem with no one really knowing when sports is coming back and Dana White being adamant about shoving all these fights out right now and being at the forefront of it. More people are going to be watching UFC than ever. And if they're getting a bad taste in the mouth and think it's corrupt, this is just going to spread the word more that it's corrupt, like boxing, and boxing took a huge downfall. Boxing has never recovered. And UFC right now, if Dana's too stubborn to see it, is on that path right now with the crap judging that is happening. So something needs to be done. He's always tend to be a forward-thinking person, but Dana White's seriously going to have to do something. Maybe it is the judges publish their scores after every round. I, I If that's the case, that I would like that. I would like that a lot. But when you go on sports books and all three of these fighters in the third round were huge favorites and they all lose, that's telling you something too. There's shady stuff going on in the UFC judging. And I'm sorry if you can't see that those three people lost, I'm sorry. But go back, watch those fights without the sound, and then tell me who won. And you'll be on the same side as I am and you'll see what I'm talking about. NASCAR was back yesterday with no fans, and it was a good welcome back. I like NASCAR. I like wagering on NASCAR. I like playing DFS NASCAR. I like NASCAR. I admit it. I like it. And it was great to have it back. Kevin Harvick won the race. The strange part of the race for me was, what the hell was Jimmy Johnson doing? You're winning by over two seconds. There's two two laps left in the first stage. Your car's running great. Why the hell are you getting so close to another car to possibly wreck? And then you end up wrecking? I mean, I had him 25 to 1, and he was looking phenomenal. Granted, there's a lot of race left, and these guys can make changes to their cars and everything. But what the hell are you thinking, Jimmy? What the hell are you doing, dude? Let's use your head, stay back, get the stage win, build, 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 build. Don't try to win the race on stage one build 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 to the win it's very simple dude that is one of the dumbest things i've ever seen that crash i just can't get over that but is what it is it was good for nascar to come back because there was no revenue coming in and let's be honest if there's no revenue coming in it's hard for any business to survive and if it didn't come back sooner Rather than later, like it did, NASCAR probably would have been done. It probably would have been done. So I'm glad it was back. They were able to work with North Carolina and South Carolina to put forth rules and regulations to make sure everyone's healthy during this pandemic. And there's going to be seven races over 11 days in those areas, which is awesome. Some money-making opportunities for all of us. And it can also hopefully get some new fans in, because NASCAR needs some new fans. There's a lot of old fans in there it needs to get that younger demographic and if it can like start pushing the product more and get a little younger demographic that's what it needs and it doesn't have baseball doesn't have mlb playoffs doesn't have nhl playoffs no nfl right now no college football right now i mean this is the time for nascar to put on the push and try to get some younger fans they need to get a marketing team together and figure out something One of the sayings to live by when all this is going on is 
you have to try to turn a negative into a positive. Now, don't get me wrong, this is a huge negative that the whole world is dealing with. But NASCAR is in a positive situation being back, and now they should look to take advantage of it. You got to think of it like this. Right now, the stock market is very volatile. It's all over the place. And I'm day trading, and I'm taking advantage of that to help my retirement fund so that way I can live the life I want when I'm older. But I'm taking advantage of something. I'm turning a negative into a positive to benefit myself. And that's what NASCAR should do. NASCAR's got a huge opportunity right now. I can't get that point home enough, and it should look to take advantage of it. Well, that is it covered everything I want to cover. I will be looking to bring on some guests this week and in the future, you know, talk sports, talk about, you know, products they offer online and whatnot. And, you know, just trying to provide as much information to you guys as I possibly can. Also, I'll be putting out some blogs. I'll be doing that. I'll be putting out a blog twice, maybe three times a week, depending on how much stuff I have going on. I also I have a couple ideas I'll be working on. I've put together some lists of some fantasy guys I'll be talking about this week for fantasy football that I'll be posting little stuff about. Found out some interesting stats about the guy I post going to be posting about today. We have horse racing. Horse racing from Will Rogers today. One play already posted. Tomorrow, Will Rogers, Founder Park. And then Wednesday, that's when Tampa Bay, Churchill... All the other tracks, Golden Gate, Thursday, Gulfstream Thursday, Santa Anita Thursday, those start picking up. So make sure you guys are checking out the website for my year-to-date tracker, checking out Instagram and Twitter for the plays. Let me ask you guys this one quick question before you leave. When does the statute of limitation close for finding an ex's clothing? So I had this woman and yeah, I, we were dating. And she kind of moved in. It wasn't a planned thing. She just was kind of just stayed here. And, you know, it was good. But she changed. And I started noticing stuff about her. And, you know, we broke up. So, like most people are doing, I'm cleaning. And when cleaning, I found some of her clothing underneath my bed. I mean, that says I'm pretty bad at cleaning that. It took me that long to find it underneath the bed, which I fully admit I'm not the best at cleaning underneath my bed like most of the people are. But do I message her and just be like, hey, you know, I got some of your stuff. Do you want it? Or do I just throw it out? Do I give it to Goodwill? What do I do? When her and I broke up, she had a couple of my sweatshirts. I texted her and got them back. But it's been almost a year. We we broke up August. August. We broke up in August. No, no. July. Yeah, we broke up in July and right right after the 4th. So I just don't know. So my question to you guys is, do I just throw it out? Do I wash it and donate it to Goodwill? Or do I text her? What do I do? Drop me a line. Let me know what I should do. Thanks for tuning on to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast. That's it for today. Be safe, be well, and I will talk to you guys later in the week on Friday.